0: Time to join Anna-Marie Evans now for another Hong Kong Heritage.
1: Hello and welcome to Hong Kong Heritage, which this week comes from the Hong Kong Maritime Museum on Pier 8 in Central. First, I hear about their latest major acquisition, a superb 250-year-old silk painting of the foreign factories of Canton. Later in the programme, I get to drive a container ship in the KMQ Shipbridge Simulator. But first, the Alexander Hume painting is a giant panoramic scene painted on silk in a canton studio and taken back to britain as a souvenir a scroll tucked under the arm of a british east india company employee museum director richard wesley showed me the artwork which is nearly three meters long
2: it was put on the market by uh, an international dealer um, martin gregory who uh, exhibits um, every year in hong kong and it was a very unusual piece, um, uh, one of three in the world, and uh, he uh, offered it to the museum.
1: So here at the Hong Kong Maritime Museum, it's, it's right across the one wall here. It's, it's probably the biggest Canton painting I've seen.
2: Uh, there's, it's one of three uh, in the world, so uh, of this scale. So it's highly unusual and dates to circa 1772. So again, it's a, it's a very early scene.
1: So where is this scene painted i mean what are we looking at
2: here um what we're looking at is the 13 factories which were buildings leased out to european traders uh, on the north bank of the pearl river near canton or modern-day guangzhou and this is the exclusive area where westerners could trade with chinese merchants and obviously at that time the interest was in uh, tea uh, in exchange for silver
1: now, Emperor Qianlong. yes, he, uh, he did confine all Westerners virtually to one island or at least one coast.
2: Um, that, that, was, that was exactly true. So the, the system worked uh, from 1757 to 1842, where basically Europeans uh, were restricted to this area. And it was only later with the opening up of the treaty ports, um, such as uh, uh, Shanghai and Ningbo, that... Um, saw the eventual decline of Canton as a trading centre, but for a period of 60 years or so, it was the exclusive area where trade could take place with the European ships tying up at the Wampoa anchorage just up the, the uh, Pearl River Delta and uh, the goods being t- taken aboard these vessels in midstream and, and off they'd go.
1: So you were saying that they were trading in silver and tea. So the tea was then being taken back to Europe.
2: Yes, and what what has really happened was the East India Company um, wanted to break the monopoly of um, uh, Chinese production of tea. So um, they started growing it in India. So that was again very interesting terms of global trade, how nobody likes a monopoly. And, you know, uh, India became famous for you know tea production as well as China.
1: So before the 1750s, I come from England, so before the 1750s, people wouldn't have had a cup of tea with their breakfast.
2: I'm not quite sure when tea was introduced, but it was one of the reasons why um, uh, Europeans sort of ventured into the East for uh, spices for tea, for getting exotic material, silks, to enliven a sort of dull European winter. This
1: is a stunning painting. And also I love um, the way that it's almost... Is that sort of embroidery or embroidered paper around the outside? Uh,
2: w- what it is, it's, uh, it's, it's painted silk. So the whole item was uh, a long scroll. And so the seam was painted on the scroll so it could be rolled up in, in a traditional Chinese style. But it was the actual painting is this mixture of Chinese and European naturalistic traditions, which the China trade uh, paintings uh, exemplify. One of the, mo- the most interesting features is the amount of detail. So you can look at the names of the ships, you can, you can look at the traders uh, walking along the street and the labourers and um, the details of the European facades that were, were put on top of buildings that were, were le- built by uh, Chinese families and then leased out. Um, and the European details, uh, rather like a you know, Gucci front to um, a shopping <laughs> centre. It's the same principle of bringing in um, a tradition from another country to, as part of a selling process, so it's, it's fascinating.
1: It's interesting also how the painting is done in third, so you've got quite a massive skyline there as well.
2: Um, yeah, it is, it is sort of unusual. When we had to hang it, we had to get the eye eyeline um, correct because the, um, the top uh, third of the painting or top half is really a blue sky which sort of contrasts with all the immense detail on the lower half of the painting so it was a was a sort of artistic technique and i, I think it works quite well because your eye is really drawn to uh the the scene of the buildings and the vessels in the foreground all the junks and sandpans
1: the artist it's almost like he's a graphic artist you know just the way that the flagpoles go up the masts on the junks it's very correct
2: yes it's what you probably call it photorealistic in in kind of modern terms so what the artist was trying to record every detail exactly as they saw it because it was produced as a record so this was you know prior to photography uh, someone would take this back to Europe and then they'll be able to show exactly what the premises they worked in, exactly where where the office was, exactly where the the wharf was that they would have gone down and met the traders, uh, where their neighbours were. So the emphasis was on creating a historical record which they could then discuss at home. So um, it it couldn't be a a stylised rendition. It had to be a very accurate one.
1: I'm talking with Richard Wesley, the director of the Hong Kong Maritime Museum here at Pier 8 in Central. We're looking at the Alexander Hume scroll painting of foreign factories in Canton. It's a beautiful painting that goes right across the wall and is, uh, shows or encapsulates what Canton would have been like in around, what would you say, 1770s?
2: Uh, 1770s. We've got it down to um, circa 1772 but it's, it's very much in that <laughs> sort of period. It's very difficult to know exactly but the detective work indicates that's the, that's the date.
1: Now, it's called the Alexander Hume Scroll Painting. Who was Alexander Hume?
2: Uh, or Hume? Well, it, it, he was, a, he was a, uh, a supercargo, and for people uh, not familiar with the term, he, he worked for the East India Trading Company. He was responsible for looking after the, the goods that were on the vessels that came out to China and the, the whole process of uh, exchanging those goods and returning. So he was very much about... Uh, helping make the, the profit that sort of drove the whole enterprise as distinct from, say, the captain of the ship. So he was, a, a, he was the junior supercargo, so there was someone above him, but that's what his task was, and he was l- long associated with the company, so he, he, he sort of got more responsibility as he went on.
1: So, kind of broker?
2: And like a broker, yes, yes, very, very important. Without, without their services, um, an expedition could be a failure if they didn't get the right goods for sale and they didn't get the right price uh, and then they didn't deliver the the goods back to um, wherever they were going to be sold. So a very responsible position.
1: So Alexander Hume, he's in canton at this period and then he buys this painting to take it home.
2: Uh yes, it was the idea of uh, a souvenir. So um you're in a foreign port uh, for several years, you want to uh it may be the most important thing you ever do in your life, so you want a record and the easiest way was to commission uh, a local artist to paint a scene and that's why for example the maritime you see a lot of ship portraits. So what was the ship I sailed on? Well, here it is. It's, it's hanging on the mantelpiece. Uh, there's a whole industry associated with this in Canton and obviously in Hong Kong in later years. It was you know, obviously a great way to uh, earn a living if you were a, a local artist. So it was very much a, a souvenir production.
1: As you say, there were, there were these ship portraits. There were also family portraits of businessmen and their families who were there in the early days. And uh, here we have this... Uh, I mean, as I say, this is probably the largest one I've ever seen of this wharf going across... Can you describe some of the little ships, little boats more than ships, that we can see in the harbour there?
2: Um, Well, there's a a whole range. Obviously, um, we've got uh, small small craft that were really getting people from the shore onto the junks. And some of these junks, uh, a couple of them are actually named... And one of them has been traced to the trade to Jakarta. So these were ocean-going vessels. Other, some of the other smaller vessels were simply to get the goods to the Wampoa anchorage. So goods were taken from the, the warehouses, put on these uh, small vessels, and then shipped to the larger vessels in uh, the Wampoa, lifted aboard, and off they went. So. There's quite a variety, and that's, again, as a maritime museum, why it's so interesting. And uh, we're still researching some of the vessels that are here. So this is something like a dozen different, distinct, different types.
1: So I'm looking at the flags of uh, Britain, Sweden and France, among others. They were limited to the coast of Canton.
2: What, what happened was, uh, until the end of the, um, the Canton trade system in 1842, this is where the maritime trade was restricted. After that, centres such as uh, Shanghai, Ningbo, Fuchao uh, and several other centres were opened up and so the whole... Uh, the Canton lost its monopoly. So, But for, that, for this particular time, a Canton was the only place you could really officially trade.
1: Any ideas, big mystery, on who painted it?
2: It is a total mystery. I mean, that, that's one of the sort of unknown artists is, uh, is, the, is the correct description... And uh, a lot of these uh, painters were, were anonymous. Later in Hong Kong's development, the artists were known, but from this period, we're not aware of who actually painted the work. These artists were, however talented, were largely anonymous, which is a great pity.
1: As director of the museum, do you get quite excited when we get new new items coming in?
2: Well, um, you know, you can't get excited about administration, so you see. <laughs> So you certainly get excited about um, these wonderful um, artworks and, and other materials that we acquire and uh, unlocking the generosity of our donors and supporters who are, are willing and committed to provide us with the resources. We received three very generous donations from the KHQ Charitable Foundation, the Tung Foundation and the Hong Kong um, Maritime Museum Endowment Trust. So between those three uh, groups, uh, uh, the £360,000 was raised to acquire it, which is obviously a, a major strategic acquisition uh, in the museum's history.
1: The Alexander Hume painting on permanent display at the Hong Kong Maritime Museum. And then Museum Director Richard Wesley took me up to ADEC to have a look at the state of the art. KMQ Shipbridge Simulator.
2: We're standing here looking at the KMQ Bridge Simulator, and it's got an interesting history in that, in our earlier form at Stanley, which uh, listeners will be familiar with, we did have a bridge simulator. It was a so a um, ship bridge, a ship bridge simulator. You know how you control a vessel, and it was using technology from a, a 1960s Japanese ship, and then a game module had been put over it, and children had great fun crashing ships and doing <laughs> that sort of thing. Well, in a new, we've through a generous Donation from uh, the Ku family, we've actually got a state of the art ship bridge simulator, which is how you train merchant crew. Uh, this is how you drive a modern vessel and designed through Dalian Maritime University. And we have a genuine retired um, ship's captain, Captain Tung, uh, in charge of the project, and he will explain to you and put you through the paces. But it's proved very, uh, very popular and reminding people of the, the technology and the science behind controlling these great vessels that we see coming in and out of Hong Kong waters.
1: Captain Tung, very pleased to meet you. You see, so you're a retired captain. Yes. Um, so what kind of um, ships did you use to captain?
0: <laughs> oh, usually I've been on board a ship, bulk carrier, general cargo ship and container ship.
1: And here at the Hong Kong Maritime Museum, you're using that experience with container ships to show people how to use the the ship simulator.
0: Yes, we have a container sheet and how to alongside on the container terminal and how to departure on the container terminal, yes.
1: Okay, so can we? Uh, can I be shown? I, I'm not sure. I'm a bit nervous about having a go, but we're
2: saying we'll try not to make you seasick.
1: Oh, so here we go. Actually, oh my goodness, we go into a booth, so you can, even though you're stationary here on the A deck at the Hong Kong Maritime Museum. Oh, I, I can feel the swell today in Hong Kong Harbour.
2: <laughs> uh, absolutely. Well, um, it's uh, almost an exact replica of a ship bridge with a wheel and all the equipment required to uh, direct the vessel and all the tech. Technology and uh, perhaps Captain Tung could uh, explain what uh, what you see in front of you. This uh, simulator bridge, originally designed for a container ship,
0: and her depth is seventy five thousand tons. So all the scale is very proportional to that container ship.
1: So the idea of the ship bridge simulator, when we come here, there's all, all these dials, there's satellite imagery, um, or ra- is that radar or is that satellite? Yeah,
0: this is the radar. Yes. And this is the corner panel. So all indicators here and the same as this one.
1: So here in front of us, we've got a compass so yes, we can yes. see what so angle we're at. So
0: this is a gyro compass. So which so way
1: are we facing?
0: We are facing is now facing is, uh, south southeast.
1: And the idea of the ship simulator, when you have members of the public... Oh, i pitching a bit. Um, when you have people coming in at the, here at the Hong Kong Maritime Museum, what do you want them to do? Do you want them to park the ship or just travel through the harbour?
0: No, we have two things to do. Firstly, we are cruising the harbour. And the secondly, going to the terminal. How our ar- the containers going to side? now it's because this is a water jet so engine standby and clutch in and we just put the engine go ahead
1: so engine standby Uh, clutch in and off we go now when i'm looking out here richard you can see uh, a pretty accurate hong kong harbor
2: um well dalian maritime university basically photographed uh, all the coast line around hong kong so not only the city but also the outer islands. So when you go on a, a journey in Hong Kong waters, it's very, very realistic. And so it's just like looking out the window. And as the vessel moves, the coastline moves, the buildings drop away. You might get to uh, Ting Yi or you might get to the, um, the, the Western entrance. And one of the things that's very interesting about this is there's four types of modes. So you got a, what we're looking at now is a, a high-speed vessel, but we can switch to a cruise ship. We can also to a 75,000-ton cargo vessel. So there's there's a, a different types of experiences, and we can also highlight whether it's in foggy conditions, heavy sea conditions, smooth waters, and that's why you get this um, wonderful kind of effect that you actually feel you're at sea yes. even though the floor is actually stable and we have vessels that are moving around so on our uh, starboard side we can see a cruise ship a star cruise uh, leaving hong kong harbour and we're keeping well clear of that but captain Tung can move us in a bit uh, closer <laughs> if we want to uh, and then we've got another vessel on our right so this is part of the experience uh, of controlling a vessel and to give people an example it's actually very hard to control a Star Ferry, to leave from Central side to get over to Kowloon side, you think it's easy, everyone does it But to actually control a vessel and to get it alongside and to do it safely is quite complicated. And this is one of the interesting things that Captain Tung uh, explains to uh, visitors. And we have um, uh, Hong Kong MSTI students, uh, Maritime Services Training Institute students. And so they're learning to control vessels and work for shipping lines. And they are actually working with the public and encouraging people to take a a greater interest in their, uh, their shipping industry in Hong Kong.
1: I'm gradually getting my sea legs here aboard the KM Ku Ship Bridge Simulator. But while we've been chatting, in fact, Captain Tung has been guiding us through Hong Kong Harbour. There's uh, some buoys. It's really accurate. You've got buoys, uh, all the different kinds of shipping. And uh, one of the four ships or boats that you can actually try to pilot is uh, an actual star ferry.
2: Correct. So you, you get the, the sense of um, getting aboard, taking it across the harbour, and slowing the vessel down, manoeuvring it into position, and then uh, actually docking it. And that's, um, believe me, uh, it's quite a hard thing to do. So I've got every admiration for the uh, Starry Ferry captains who uh, do it every day.
1: So have you crashed a few, Richard?
2: Uh, I have crashed a few, <laughs> and uh, the computer s- stops functioning and we have to re-fire it up. So we don't, e- we don't encourage it. But uh, one thing that it's also p- is very interesting is that we can... Uh, we can have it uh, Hong Kong at night, Hong Kong during the day, Hong Kong during uh, Hong Kong waters in fog. We can even uh, replicate snow. I mean, I don't think it's a bit snowed in Hong Kong. But all the weather conditions that you normally find in Hong Kong, um, we can uh, show, to the, show to the public and explain just how difficult it is to uh, control a vessel, how we need to have a, a very good radar system and Captain Tong, through his training, has actually done a route uh, whereby uh, the vessel can automatically circle Hong Kong Island and navigate all the various sort of bottlenecks and uh, get out to the western entrance and and return around. So the ship, when he's not controlling it, is under the control of the computer as it would be in a normal vessel.
1: We're just passing an OOCL big cargo or container ship to our left. So that's, that's another of the the four, is it?
2: Uh, yes, yes. Because of modern technology, we can play all sorts of tricks uh, on visitors. In fact, there's a, a huge number of ships in Hong Kong harbour which you don't quite normally see. But <laughs> it makes it very uh, fun for uh, visitors to actually navigate around these vessels and see the, uh, things moving in the water as well as the coastline moving as you as you go through the harbour.
1: To our right. So would that be port...
2: Uh that would be, that would be port, port and starboard.
1: So port, we've just passed uh, Piers 678, so uh, we've actually seen the Hong Kong Maritime Museum to our right, and then the uh, Hong Kong Convention and Exhibition Centre, so it's quite, as well, along with learning what a ship bridge simulator does, it's actually quite a good tour of Hong Kong.
2: And as you see on the screen now, we've, we've changed it to uh, Sleet um and <laughs> that's a
1: regular phenomenon in hong kong yes
2: it's probably uh, more more for the um the arctic or the north sea oh, that's fantastic but you do get a sense of what nature can actually do uh if you're in control of a vessel and how you can effectively be be blinded by the weather and rely on um radar technology and to be able to adapt quickly to changing circumstances.
1: I'm talking with Captain Yan Tung and Museum Director Richard Wesley here aboard the KM Ku Shipbridge Simulator here at the Hong Kong Maritime Museum. We're on Pier 8 in Central, although it doesn't feel like that because we're pitching around a bit uh, with some sleet coming down heavily in Victoria Harbour. So, Captain Tung, have you had weather like this when you've been sailing yes
0: yes yes many times
1: because <laughs> i noticed how cool you are you're you're very relaxed seemingly yes, on that correct. yes yes yes, yes. <laughs> yes do you have to be calm to be a ship's captain yes so he's just pressing no fog we're about to get rid of the sleep we're back to good weather here on at night time in victoria harbor when you're in a ship at yes. night yes is it much more challenging is it harder
0: uh, not particularly, as long as the weather's okay. Daytime and nighttime are the same, not so much difference.
1: When you were a ship's captain, where did you? Use, where were your main routes?
0: All, all over the world.
1: All over the world? Yes. yes. So you used to go right across the oceans? Yes. And uh, what kind of cargo?
0: General cargo and container, also bulk carrier, iron ore, coal.
1: And when did you retire? Five years ago. And here, when you're actually at the ship simulator, I mean, I'm aware that it's a ship bridge simulator, yes. but does it make you have memories of when you were in a yes, ship? Yes, 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 <laughs> very much. And when you were saying that sometimes conditions were very tough, can you give me an example of when you were travelling across the world when, when things could get quite dangerous?
0: Oh, then we have the standby or... 24 hours a day and the slow down the aging. Ask the AB to stand by, engineer stand by the engine room, and always watch the weather, which direction is going, and then you have to cope with the wave, right? And not to ease the loading because the heavy swell is very tough. So we have to slow down the aging and then slowly go ahead.
1: So slow down the engine, make mm. sure that you're going slowly across yes, the swell. Yes. Generally, in a container ship, say, yes. how many people would you have on the ship bridge? I mean, oh, what, what would your team and that's be? Time,
0: and that time we have 28 crew members all together. Yeah,
1: Altogether for all together. I mean, I always found this amazing for a, a container ship. It always seems to me quite but small. Now, but now
0: it's less than 28, yes. uh, less than 20, maybe 18 crew members only. Yes. Yeah, because of all computer assets. Yes. Yeah.
1: What difference, when we're looking at all these screens now um, for uh, both radar and, and many other computer mm. aspects, has that made uh, sailing across oceans a lot safer? Or do you think it's still very much. It must be your head and as an individual. You can't rely on computers all the time.
0: More or less the same. Only the manpower reduced the manpower by computerization. Other things are more or less the same.
1: So, for how many years were you a sailor or a captain?
0: Uh, I've been on board the sea for 17 years
1: so 17 years you were aboard ships yes. when you first started would you have had computers or did no, you do
0: nothing even we do not have a gyro compass we only have a magnetic compass we have no radar nothing and i was on a bridge it's very simple one helms and one magnetic compass that's all nothing else very simple
1: so, you had to really learn the science. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Did you navigate by the stars?
0: Yes, Colette.
1: I've been on one ship going out to Palawan in the Philippines. We sailed from Hong Kong mm. to Palawan. And it was the first time that I've really seen the curtain of stars. Oh, yeah, yeah. You must have seen that all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah,
0: yeah. Every day, every night. Yeah. We have to see that, yes.
1: Did you ever get lonely?
0: Oh, no, no, no. Because we have, and that's time we have uh, many, many things to pay attention. And we have to make sure that our ship's position is correct. So we have to check that the sun starts every time, every hour, every half minutes. Because sometimes cloudy, raining, we have nothing to see. So we have to watch. So you kept very busy. Oh, very busy, very busy. Yes.
1: So back to this. Thanks very much uh, for showing me so, this. Uh, you mind? I want to change the one container ship. You have a lock. So Captain Yan Tung is about to change what we're looking at as being a nighttime Victoria Harbour. Uh, we started off in a high-speed boat going through a daytime Victoria Harbour and Captain Tung is about to show us what it's going to be like at the helm of a 75,000 ton container ship. So here we are <coughs> on a container so ship. You can
0: see the bridge is very proportional to the whole container ship. and the container is heading to the container terminal so we can go uh, go into the making alongside the container terminal
1: but what's amazing about now this container ship in comparison to the high speed boat is just when you look out there captain tung i mean you've just you've got to be so aware of how long your ship is
0: yes you mean the length of the ship yes this is 275 meters length of the ship of the container ship
1: 275 meters yes yes because i live on Lama, uh, next to the Lama Strait. So I see a lot of these container ships yeah. go by and they're absolutely mm. enormous. And when you're in a sandpan uh-huh. near them, you really, that's the best way of getting a, a picture of just how big they are. But yeah. uh, so how would you, do you have to, when you're maneuvering this to the left or the right, yeah. you have to anticipate what about three miles ahead?
0: Yes, check by radar. And then start to slowly turn. Yeah, 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 yeah. then uh, adjust the speed to slow down the engine, and uh, from a ha- ahead to half-fives, slow and Des and stop.
1: When you're coming into Kwai Chung Terminal here yeah. in Hong Kong, yeah. I mean, it's it's fantastically busy. You've got things going on, thousands of tons of cargo being loaded on and off. Um, what are some of the challenges of parking in a container terminal?
0: Uh, usually, you know, we're going to announce that we need a taboo assistance, not only by our own agent, isn't is very difficult.
1: So you
0: get a uh, got a pilot? We got a pilot, we got two top assistants for making alongside. For only for own, own, uh, own engine, for the ship's engine, it's very difficult, too dangerous. So and Hong Kong Harbour must not allow us to go uh, alongside by our own self. But we,
1: the, the <clears throat> Akwai Chung and also Victoria Harbour, one of the advantages is it's it's very deep.
0: Yes, seventy point five metres. Maximum container sheet is only 15.5 metres. But the terminal... Draft is at seventy point five.
1: So by putting the weight on, yeah, yes. that makes the uh, the ship go down yes. fifteen point five meters. That's maximum, wow. this
0: is the maximum. Yes. But Hong Kong Harbour's draft is seventy point five. So
1: there's plenty yeah. of room.
0: So we still have a two meters safety margin.
1: Seventeen. Yeah. Right. So seventeen point five going yes. down.
0: Yeah.
1: If you've got a tourist or a person coming to the museum, yeah. you show them how to use the wheel.
0: Yes, we will do that. Suppose now we are going to yeah, so we have turned the stubble side.
1: Okay, so just yeah. very gently.
0: Yeah, very gently because this is a big ship. You, you can see the ship's moving a bit.
1: Can I have a go on the wheel? Yeah. May I? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so tell me what to do. Oh, this is a bit nerve wracking.
0: Yeah, it's, it's moving now. Yes. Right. Keep the, it steady There's Yeah, a- then she's coming out. Yes. So we have to.
1: To the right more? Yeah, yeah. More or Yeah, more and more.
0: you okay. this one, it's
1: okay. Oh, you're moving it quite a lot. Right, okay. Uh, yes, because we don't want to go into the O O C L container ship yeah. coming out.
0: Same, this is the O O C L container ship. Same ship.
1: But we've got a nice steady sea now. When we came in, it was pitching, but it's it's quite a sunny day. Yeah. What I love with the artwork here is, um, that's been done by Dalian Maritime University is is with all the islands you've got a super reflection going down with the with the bridge it's uh, really the art is superb oh i forgot about the wheel while i was chatting so just as well the <laughs> captain took is <Thomas laughs> taken back over this
0: is great fun you can feel this is a very realistic right
1: yes totally yes. do you get a lot of visitors lots of children coming yes, up yes
0: yes yes <laughs> every Saturday, <laughs> sunday yes yeah
1: and so do you have to sort of say you can only have five minutes
0: Yes, they, they always complain, <laughs> too short.
1: <laughs> well, thank you very much, Captain oh, Yantung, no for, for showing me the KM Koo ship Shipbridge Simulator. My thanks also to Richard Wesley, Director of the Hong Kong Maritime Museum. Thank you so much, Richard, for showing me the Shipbridge Simulator. It's great fun.
2: Well, well um, I'm glad you enjoyed it, bring your friends, and um, we're always uh, keen to tell more about the shipping industry in Hong Kong.
1: Thanks for listening, and join me next week on Hong Kong Heritage.
0: And of course, you've been listening to Hong Kong Heritage, produced and presented by Anna Marie Evans. You can hear that program again tomorrow evening at 6.15 here on Radio 3.